the things that I do um, are for her and for the future, you know, future people, I guess, young people in this world are, um, you know, and when I say who look like me, I should be very specific. Um, I'm talking about young black girls. I do this for young black girls because um, it is really hard to break into this industry. And now that I'm starting, um, I see why. There's just, there are just so many hurdles. And so when I look at her and I'm like, you know, I sort of mentioned do the thing that's hard. Um, I do the thing that's hard for my daughter and, and little girls like her and the younger me, right? Because I think you cannot see yourself in something that you cannot, you haven't seen in the world. Welcome to the No More Reasonable Doubt podcast. In season two of this podcast, it's made to help black professionals start passion projects so they can expand their impact in the world and at work. In each episode, you can expect an interview with a black professional who has a nine to five just like you. And they've also launched a passion project into this world. You'll also get episodes with specific topics and lessons to help you move that passion project forward. I'm your host and fellow passion project starter, Mike Ambassador Bruni. Let's start the show. Welcome back to another episode of No More Reasonable Doubt. Today, our special guest is Ogeshi Harry. Welcome to the show. Hey, I'm so excited to be here. Thank you so much. First question I have for you. What do you do for full-time work? So I am uh, EVP, so that's Executive Vice President of Strategy, Legal, and Operations for uh, the city's Economic Development Agency. And what is your purpose or passion project, and how long has it been in existence? So my passion project is called ULA. ULA is uh, a homewares company that is African-inspired. I launched it last July, but it had taken me about two years before I launched it last year. Um, but it, it definitely it has a life of its own now <laughs> um, after starting it last year. So it's, it's still pretty new. It's still uh, less than a year old. Does the name have any particular meaning? Yes. So um, I'm Igbo from Southeastern Nigeria and Ula means home. Or it can mean the place where one is from, like your community or your neighborhood, your city. So I, I love that dual purpose meaning um, that I got clarification from from my dad. And, you know, it, it really just speaks to the place where you seek refuge, in my humble opinion. Mm. Um, and so I think that that is really sort of why I picked it, because um, we are sort of beyond we, seek, we can seek refuge from our hometowns or the places that we feel familiar, right? But it also is um, interesting to sort of think about it from your actual house, like your, the building, right? The place that your, your bedroom is um, and where these products would be used. So just thinking creatively and, and beyond the four walls. Love it. Love it. Now, what is the origin story of your project all all heroes have an origin story so we want to hear about yours <laughs> uh, well i was pregnant with my daughter um and i wanted to decorate her nursery with an african flair right so 
modern but African uh, contemporary flavor. And I, I just found that um, that kind of smart, you know, contemporary style was not seen in the sort of modern mainstream um, home decor spaces, right? So like the big retailers, they would tell you that African inspired home decor are safaris, it's the cheetah print, it's the dashiki spread. I was just super unimpressed. <laughs> um, and I just thought, you know, I, I really think that the the um, the African decor landscape or landscape, sorry, is much more complex than a safari. I just felt like, you know, we are so much more complex and we're modern. We live all around the world. And it is not just sort of, you know, what the African home decor space is on the continent, but the shared black heritage across um, all black cultures right and that's caribbean that's afro-latina that is um you know um, african-americans or africans in canada uh african-americans so i just felt like you know the african heritage that i saw displayed as decor style was super dated and super cliche and i wanted to change that oh that's beautiful and i hear the word diaspora in my yes. in the back of my mind yes. um, as as a as a Haitian American you know yes. <laughs> I'm feel I'm feeling you I'm feeling <laughs> what you're saying here yes so that's now, exactly right so now you 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 weren't impressed you decided you decided to to do your own thing start your own thing was there a point where you actually hesitated to start it yes so um, I'm an attorney by trade and um, life is really hard, <laughs> especially if you're working in law and there's so much diligence that goes around starting a homeowner's company. So as I mentioned, um, you know, Ula, we offer African inspired homewares, right? So neo African homewares. And so that's bedding, um, you know, flat sheets, fitted sheets, pillowcases, the type of cotton, everything is organic, artisan crafted hand-sewn, how do you find factories? I mean, how do you even begin to start this journey? And so in the beginning, I was like, this is crazy. <laughs> Focus on your day job and stop, you know, coming up with this crazy idea. Like, it just seemed really far-fetched and really hard. Um, and so at the onset, I was, I, I kind of stopped and started. I, I also had ideas, right? Like I was like, oh, you know, I really wanted an African factory to make African inspired bedding makes complete sense. But once you do the diligence and you see that there aren't really a lot of accessible factories that make bedding on the continent, you see a void for sure, but it's almost like you have to start somewhere. Right. And, um, at first I was like, oh, I'm not going to even do it because I want it to be really clear that we are trying to up uplift African artisans. Um, but, but then we, you know, when you think about it, you have to start from a place where there's accessibility and, um, you know, move forward and maybe you can, you know, this is what I'm telling myself that I can potentially fill that void once I get to a certain stage. And that would mean setting up the infrastructure where you could actually um, train people on the continent to create bedding um, according to the certain standards that you see in the market now. So 
Um, so that was just one of the many reasons I gave myself for, for, for not doing this. <laughs> um, but, but um, yeah, many reasons um, why I wouldn't do it in the beginning and I would stop and then I would think about it. I would research. I would also think about the capital requirement. Lots of money, mm. lots of money, lots of money. <laughs> Um, the, the upfront capital that you need, I think, um, is, is, is overwhelming. And so that was another reason why I was like, this is insane. Don't know if I can, can carry this through. So, yeah. What got you over the hump? I know you said there are many different things when it came, when it came to, um, things that may have caused hesitation. What are some of the things that got you over the hump to say, you know what, I'm doing this. You know, as I mentioned, uh, you know, life is hard as an attorney uh, in big law, and I just felt that we only have a limited time, amount of time on this earth, right? We only have a, lim a limited amount of time um, walking this earth. And so what would my legacy be? Would it be the documents that I'm drafting in the office at a big firm? Or would it be impacting people who look like me on a larger scale? Um, and what did I want the world to, to look like and, and what would my imprint be? Um, and so for me, I thought, why not go for it? I mean, even if it doesn't work, you've learned something, you never know, um, what this could turn into. Um, I'm also obsessed with home decor. So for me, I thought, how awesome would it be? to dream big and see if you could actually do this thing, right? Um, and, and impact lives, truly, right? So you start off with this idea and you have all these obstacles, but what if you actually start to figure things out and you're successful? And if it is successful, not only are you successful, but you actually get to uplift artisans around the world who otherwise may not have been included, um, you know, with respect to certain dignified opportunities for work and supporting their families. Um, so for me, I was just thinking about how fortunate I am to be where I am and why not try to think outside of my sort of day-to-day -day work um, and think beyond uh, you know, what I'm doing here, but rather think bigger uh, and, and think about other communities that I could impact. So that really got me over the hump. I think the other part is, you know, I'm an immigrant. I'm from Nigeria and my family worked really hard. We worked really hard um, and my parents jumped big. They came to America. My dad is an engineer. My mom is a registered nurse. And they always sort of taught us that um, to, you know, to those who have, a, I always, I'm going to mess up this quote, but to those whom much is given, much is required, right? And so we were always told that we were just destined for greatness. Like that's just... Like, what kind of surgeon will you be? Like, those are the questions that our parents were asking us when we were in elementary school. And so to me, it was like, do the thing that's hard um, because we can do the thing that's hard, but also um, look at all the people that came before you who had less and did amazing things, right? And so you've been given this amount. What can you do for others who don't, you know, who don't have, um, and, and to me, I think that's what kind of got me over the hump. That's a long-winded answer, but I think it's all tied to thinking beyond myself and thinking bigger about impact. 
um, and what that impact could look like on the world. I don't think that was long-winded at all. I, I actually think, um, and I end up listening to my, to my show, I end up saying this several times, but there are these moments where it feels like liberation moments. Hmm. And what I mean by that is you have just liberated somebody else. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There's someone who, who, who can really see the hurdles right now. Mm-hmm. They can really see the hurdles, Yes, really see the hurdles. They may be thinking risk reward. They may be thinking all these things, but the way you framed it in terms of like, A, guess what? We can do hard things. Um, B, imagine, imagine, like even the word imagine, it feels like you can't just say like imagine. It's like imagine <laughs> the people that you can see, right? Yes. Like, like it, right. Has, it has to be, it has to be said like in a storyteller voice. Yeah. <laughs> but but that is the thing that I, I, I think um, some of the listeners are going to hopefully take away and I'm going to make sure we emphasize that. But um, is, is hearing that, is hearing that point of, of um oh you know this might not work but what if it does mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. <laughs> like, exactly. which i think sometimes we could just see, we can just see the downside absolutely um, sometimes we can only see what could go wrong right and you, you know, know a lot of times it's hard to see beyond what you can touch and feel and if you have no faith in things you can't see and are only so focused on what you can you limit yourself i think to um you know things that you feel like are beyond your capabilities, right? Because you can't touch and feel them, but you sort of have to take a leap of faith and say, you know what? Can't see it, can't feel it. But to your point, imagine if you can actually do this thing and it may look like something completely different than what you thought. Um, But if you sort of think beyond what you can and cannot see and feel, touch, smell here, um, you start to sort of, create something else i think that that can be bigger than yourself there are two things that you make me want to personally do after hearing that one is pray (laughs) yep and then two is go and lay on the grass and look at the clouds yes like (laughs) that's what you just inspired (laughs) me he's like man i need to just go lay it out on the grass and be like stop being so serious just like you know just just just, go just let it. some of it come to you yes. um you know shoes are off jean pants are rolled up and um so thank you for that very welcome a couple of times you mentioned that life of an attorney is hard yes. you also mentioned you have a daughter was yes, that right i do okay and so how did you find the time find or make the time for your project that is a great question. Um, it is an ongoing battle. <laughs> um, you know, my day job is really busy. And so sometimes you're working till seven or eight, nine o'clock. And then before you know it, it's time to, to read her, her to sleep. Um, and then once she's sleeping, get back to this passion project, right? This, this side project. Um, I'm busy all day, every day. and working to balance rest I think is the biggest challenge that I have Um, but you know she's my priority family is my priority so once I have any free moments I'm with her and my husband and um, you know trying to balance work demands uh, as as well as the side business is tough so I I don't have a, a great answer except that I'm I'm always prioritizing family first um, with with work and then this business. 
So very, very full day. <laughs> All right. The next thing, like the flip, it's not necessarily the, the other side of the coin, but something that is very much connected to that. Time is one thing, but energy oh can be yeah. something else because you can have the time. You can have the time, but right. you can have the energy. So do you have any, 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 any rituals or anything that you can share with us about how you found or, or rejuvenate in order to, to have energy for your project? You know, spending time with my family gives me energy, right? I look at my daughter and I'm just like, look at what God has created. Uh, I'm so blessed to have been selected to be her mother, right? And so when I watch her and I'm like learning, you know, how to be a mom of a three-nager and she's learning about the world, that inspires me because the things that I do um, are for her and for the future, you know, future people, I guess, young people in this world are, um, you know, and when I say who look like me, I should be very specific. Um, I'm talking about young black girls. I do this for young black girls because um, it is really hard to break into this industry. And now that I'm starting, um, I see why. There's just, there are just so many hurdles. And so when I look at her and I'm like, you know, I sort of mentioned do the thing that's hard. Um, I do the thing that's hard for my daughter and, and little girls like her and the younger me, right? Because I think you cannot see yourself in something that you cannot, you haven't seen in the world, right? Like I, I haven't seen, um, there, there, there are some, right? Black owned, um, you know, high-end luxury betting business owned by again, black people, black women. I haven't seen that. That doesn't mean they don't exist, but it is really hard to imagine yourself as something you haven't seen. And so my daughter will, will see me as an attorney. She'll see me as an executive level professional um, making strategic decisions um, within economic development. She'll see me as, as again, as, a, as an attorney and she'll see me as a business owner. And so I saw my dad, my dad is, is, was a business owner and he's an engineer. My mother's a registered nurse who is also a business owner. I saw that in them. And so that I think subconsciously has inspired me as well. And so I think um, when I look at her and I just see how much she's grown and how much she will grow and how much the world will throw at her, she'll have, um, the vision of herself in a, in a certain kind of light. And that will be, I think, um, by God's grace, based on the positive images she sees in me. So um, I think that, that gives me a tremendous amount of faith and a, a lot of energy to keep going because half the time I have no energy. <laughs> but um, mm -hmm. I, I think when I when I'm with my family, that really does energize me uh, in a in a very interesting way that's hard to quantify. Um, but I also, from a, on a tactical level, um, I have a, a to do list every day. Now, um, I before I turn on my um, computer, and like before I start to check my emails. I have to have a blank sheet of paper and I write all the things I'm supposed to do for the day. Because I think what happens is before, um, 
there's a sacred moment in the morning before you open up your computer and before you start to talk to anybody, um, you need to kind of center yourself and say, what are the things I need to do today? Uh, and write them down. Now, the, the reality is half that stuff I don't get to <laughs> because something else happens. But I think, you know, there's power in trying to control your day um, and saying, you know what, I'm not going to open up my emails until I have figured out what I'm going to do. Because once I get into those emails, there's so many things that happen during the day. But it's really helpful to kind of keep yourself on track, right? Like if it's possible to um, check these four things off before 11 a.m., I'm going to unless there's a fire drill, um, which I get fire drills like at least <laughs> two or three times a day. So, you know, it's just trying your best to sort of control what you can. So a to-do list helps. I hear intentionality. Mm -hmm. You know, I also hear the, if you don't control your day, like those emails, there's tons of people who already want to control right. you. <laughs> they will control you. <laughs> they, they, they already want to control your day, yeah. man. And then the other thing that you have uh, that you drew for me is from the book called uh, The One Thing mm. and where the author talks about successful by noon. And it's like, what if you tried to get all your most important thing done before noon? I love that. Actually, so that's you, you kind of sparked that for me. Yeah, you know, I need to, <laughs> you sparked you, that I, I, I always say that once, it's so funny that you say that actually, because you know, given... Uh, you know, all the time constraints I've had uh, during the, through the different careers, the career options that I've had, right, during my career, um, time is always of the essence. And I realized that by the time noon hits, if you haven't done what you're supposed to do, then you've missed a deadline. <laughs> like, I feel like <laughs> after, you know, once 11.30 hits, something is shifting in the day. And if you have not finished that thing, it's not going to get done unless you're fine with it being done the next day. Right. Mm, like, mm -hmm. like that's how I've, I've seen the day slip away. Like if I, if I have to get, you know, really critical thinking um, done for a particular day, I am, I'm, I'm trying to attack this from like 7am, 730. And by noon, I need to be wrapping it up because something, does it something happen during the day? Like once it's like twelve thirty, it's shifted. Like, right? Well, we, we only have so right. much juice. We only have so much juice. As much as we want to, um, and not only juice, but there's different types of juice. So, buddy of mine, Charlie Gilkey, um, he 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 has a book he wrote called Start Finishing, and it, one of the things he talks about is time blocking which I've heard before, like, hey, prioritize your values, for example. Make sure your values are on your calendar. Put those things first. But he also talks about, like, energy uh, and, like, focus blocks and, and working in an hour and a half increments. And he's like, you can't really do more than X right. a day, right? You just really can't. And there's, like, focus blocks. There's admin blocks. There's social blocks. There's recovery blocks. And, you know, you may block off tons of time to do a to do work but there's only so much right. energy you have yeah. so respecting no, that respecting true. that so cool so talking about like getting into work yeah. a little bit here's kind of a blend question that is how has or did 
this is an assumption, um, how has or, or did your project positively impact the way you show up at your day job? Oh, that's a good question. Um, so I, I would say that a couple of things. So I work in economic development and I, um, I now have a newfound understanding for some of the hurdles, you know, new black owned businesses have. We are always looking for economic inclusion and I see how there needs to be a certain amount of focus, uh, and including black and brown businesses um, that are starting, right? Just from a legal standpoint, capital, what's your business model? What is the plan? What kind of advice are you getting? What kind of consultants are you working with? Um, you know, are you testing what you're selling, whether it's services or products? So I, I, I have a newfound understanding for that. Um, and then I think, you know, Empathy is a word that comes to mind. I think showing up at work, um, having empathy for senior people. I mean, I'm one of the senior people, um, you know, on, on my team, but having empathy for the CEO and wanting to make sure that he or she has the kind of support that a CEO needs. Because I'm basically the you know the CEO of my little company, um, and the decisions, the strategy, the questions that sometimes you don't have the answer to, um, and realizing that it is really hard. So I I empathize with CEOs or, or business leaders, right? And we also work with business leaders of some of the top firms, right? You know. Um, my organization is basically a nonprofit and it is managed by a board of, you know, the top, top business leaders in the city. So, you know, if you're without naming them with, if you're a large business, uh, if you're a large international business and you have a presence in the city of Chicago, you are likely on the board. Um, and I empathize now with them because there's so many decisions that you have to make that impact lives um, the impact your bottom line, uh, the impact the way that your business moves forward. And I think really thinking about how we can support them in a real way, I think is, is part of the, um, um, the new ways that I show up at work. Awesome. So there's someone who's listening to this podcast episode and they're on the fence of starting their own project. And they may be listening to what you said so far and be like, okay, well, it's easy for you to say that now, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, it's easy for you to say some of that now at this point in your project, but what piece of advice would you give oh. yourself as you were beginning your project based on what you know now? You come with some really good questions, Mike. This is good. Um, what would I tell myself? I would say, forgive yourself for the mistakes you're going to make and keep going. Make your intentions clear and keep going. Try your best to do diligence on everything, but keep going. I think, um, you know, that is, is what I would tell myself. I definitely 
doubted myself and doubted this idea this could be happening, <laughs> doubted it was possible. Uh, and really sort of thinking about, again, what I mentioned earlier, believing in something you can't see and willing it to be so, right? Like you will it to be so and um, not doubting an idea if your intentions are clear, right? So I think the biggest thing really is sort of thinking about your intentions and what you want to do. The shape of that will manifest itself at some point. But if you're clear on your intentions, you do your best, do your diligence, um, you, you know, you're thinking about something in a really smart way as, as best as you can and, and forgive yourself for those mistakes. Keep going. Keep going and will it to be so. And whatever the right uh, format or structure for that thing that you're, you're thinking of creating, it will manifest itself in the right way. You may have some different phases, but I think in the end, um, you know, you'll figure out if you're in the right direction, if you keep going. Thank you for that. L lastly, are there any particular books or other resources that you have found helpful along your purpose or passion project journey? Uh, please share one to three of them, if anything um, comes so to mind. So one of the podcasts I listen to is NPR's How I, How I Built This. How I Built This is so inspirational to me. I listen to it before I go to bed. I listen to it in the morning as I'm drinking coffee. And I think listening to other CEOs and other founders of really successful businesses um, is super important. Inspirational, um, right? Knowing that that could be you one day in five to 10 years telling people how you built this. And so um, that is my favorite sort of resource. Um, I read a lot of different um, outlets on, on, on uh, the internet, different media outlets. So I don't have one in particular um, besides this, uh, this podcast and listening to this podcast. Thank you. The last question I have for you is where can the people learn more about you and your, your purpose or passion project? What do you want well, to send them? I love to send people to ulahome.com. That's U-L-O-H-O-M-E.com. And you can learn all about um, my business, my passion, and some of the new products that we will be releasing very soon. Ogechi, I really appreciate you taking the time to... Um, to be with us and to share your Mike, thank journey. you so much for having me. This has been fun. You are very welcome. I hope you enjoyed that episode and found tremendous value in it. If so, don't keep it a secret. Tell a friend to tell a friend and don't forget to follow us on Instagram, our handle, no more reasonable doubt. Every so often, I create a free resource to help you take your purpose or passion from a dream to an actual project. You can always find that resource at nomoreasonabledoubt.com forward slash free gift. This is Mike Ambassador Bruni for No More Reasonable Doubt. Remember, some dreams stay dreams, some dreams come true. It's on you.